0: Hello and welcome to Hoops Heavens Basketball Hustle for another week and three weeks to go now in the NBL season, Cody, and things are getting pretty exciting. I think we've got a jam-packed show to talk about. Not only will we talk about everything happening in the NBL, and that's a hell of a lot with the, the way the Sydney Kings are playing, the Illawarra Hawks are firing still, Melbourne United found a way to get that steadying win. Plenty happening at the Perth Wildcats and they're just hanging in there. I'm not sure if the South East Melbourne Phoenix and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers are still hanging in there. Mathematically, they still are. Ken's Taipans are finding a bit of a spark. I think the New Zealand Breakers are crying out for the season to end, I think it's, it's fair to say. Not only that, Cody, we've got a WNBL Grand Final series that could be about to, to wrap up. We've got an NBL 1 West season that you're about to take part in that's about to, to fire up. That sounds like a pretty jam-packed show to me. So I'm Chris Pike, but the man that you've all tuned in to hear from, the former Illawarra Hawks, the former Sydney Kings, the former St. Louis Power Ford, Cody Ellis, how do I find you this week?
1: Pretty good, man. Um, yeah, look, massive show. Uh, lots going on. Another big round where, uh, look, I think we've probably solidified the top four. Uh, mm. You know, like you said, mathematically, there's Phoenix and the Jack Jumpers still in it, but realistically, I think after this weekend, just gone, I think that uh, really rounded out that top four.
0: I think so. I mean, you, the Jack Jumpers and the Phoenix would probably have to win all of their last games over the last three weeks, and To be fair, they probably need the Wildcats to lose most of their last five games as well. And you wouldn't think that's going to happen. But the Wildcats have now lost, for the first time in 23 years, three straight home games. So you never quite know.
1: No, you don't. And it's, you know, it's one of those seasons where really anything can happen. Mm. So, look, I I don't see it happening. I think the Cats do steady their ship, especially when Norto comes back into the lineup. But, I mean... The Phoenix and the Jack Jumpers are kind of just seemed to be that step below that top four, so uh, yep. I, I can't see that happening.
0: Before we get into all of that NBL talk, Cody, we've got a couple of NCAA champions mm-hmm. crowned this week. You had a decorated college career, obviously at Saint Louis. I'm sure you kept a close eye on it. Mm-hmm. Kansas are the men's champs. South Carolina the women's champs. Yep. Did you enjoy your March Madness? Loved it.
1: Always do. It's always lots of fun to watch.
0: Um, NCAA is
1: probably my favourite basketball to watch but just purely because of, of how they play defence yep. um, and you know, their willingness to play defence and mm. lock in and mm. you know, they're all playing for contracts. You know, There's no money yeah. involved or yeah. anything like that. So they're all out there trying to prove a point and trying to prove themselves and prove to, to people around the world that they deserve contracts mm. and deserve money. Yeah. Um, it's lots of fun and the, especially the men's, men's one yesterday mm. was, uh, was amazing. It was a really good game.
0: It is fun to watch, isn't it? I mean, the passion in the crowd is fantastic. I mean, no offence to the NBL commentary, but watching the NCAA commentary, was yeah. it's fantastic to listen to. Um, and the way the guys play. I mean, watching an NBA game can be a grind at times because there's not a hell of a lot of intensity no. at times. But, gee, it's... It's a full, a full intense experience watching a, a college game, especially the deeper into the the yeah. tournament you get.
1: Oh, absolutely! And look, they've they've got full time analysts and and mm. all that sort of stuff to get paid to basically have that as their full time job. So yeah. you know, it, it's it's tough. Um, they've got the money to be able to throw around and do that sort of stuff. Mm. So um, you know, all the commentary and, and all that is is on point. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's it's always fun basketball, and mm. I think that. Uh, yeah, the, there's, there's so much on the line. You see the passion in, in everyone, mm. um, win or lose. You know, there's, yeah. there's always always tears. And, yeah, um, yeah it, it's,
0: it, it makes me miss
1: college. It, it really <laughs> does.
0: Um, now, we're here thanks to Hoop7, of course. If you're in Perth, head to their store on Murray Street. If not, head to hoop7.com.au. Your NBR1 season starts on Friday, Cody. Have you, have you decked yourself out in some new shoes?
1: Not yet. I need to get in there. Um, yeah, look, there's just in general, there's not a whole lot of, of uh, newer kicks coming out. Mm. But uh, look, Hoops has always got the uh, the best shoes going around, and uh, I'll certainly be popping in this mm. week because uh, I need to uh, figure out what I'm playing in this year.
0: My birthday coming up this week as well, and I'm hoping that either Laura or my mum or my sister have popped into Hoops Heaven and, <laughs> and, and got me some got me some new gear. So I'll keep an, an eye out for that. Plenty happening in the world of the NBL, Cody. Um, It's almost impossible to know where to start, so why don't I run through the results of round 18 and then we can take it from there. So it started all the way back on Thursday night. This seems like an eternity ago, but the Illawarra Hawks, in one of their rare home games that they've got to finish the season, got the job done over the Brisbane Bullets 87 to 70. Friday night, Jack Jumpers kept their season alive, beating the Adelaide 36ers in Adelaide 80 to 72. And then for the second straight Saturday, the Illawarra Hawks went to Melbourne and beat Melbourne United even without Tyler Harvey which was very impressive in their 96 to 90 victory. Cairns Taipans then delivered a killer blow just about to the South East Melbourne Phoenix up in Cairns winning 90 to 85. And then the Sydney Kings, not only did they beat the Jack Jumpers but they handed them a bit of a spanking and they looked incredibly impressive doing so and they won down in Hobart 103 to 83. A fun game to watch, not a hell of a lot on the line but this was a fun game in Brisbane. The Bullets beating the 36ers 92-91. to Then Monday night we had a doubleheader. It was tough watching for the New Zealand Breakers and I, I spoke to Dan Shemir afterwards and he felt like there was no one in the building. He didn't know if anyone was watching or if anyone cared. I'm sure we were watching and yeah, cared, Cody. absolutely. Um, but his team didn't get the win. Taipans kept their winning form going. 87-77. to And lastly, a real defensive grind but... The two grand finalists from last year, desperate for a win, both on two-game losing streaks. And in RSC Arena, the Melbourne United managed to, to win again. They've won five straight in that building, which is incredible, and they won 84-75. to 75. Take a deep breath firstly, Cody. Yeah, <laughs> And well then on. we'll start with the Sydney Kings because that was a hell of an impressive performance that they delivered in Hobart on the back of an equally impressive performance in Perth the week before. Should we hand them the championship just yet? Uh,
1: no, <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. Look, I think um, look they're the they're the hot team in the league. That's 10 straight wins for them now. Mm. Any league in the world, you do that. It's, it's impressive. Mm. Um, but look, playoffs are a different game. Um, you know, come playoffs, they're probably one of the least experienced teams. Um, them and Illawarra yep. are probably the two least experienced where you've got the Cats and United that are just... Full of playoff experience,
0: yeah. um, and that does play a role. It Have really they got does. a championship winner on their team in the NBL? I'm not sure if they do. Um, no, I don't think so. Did, did Wani play in a championship? He, he might be the only one. Yeah, Wani be it. I think and he might be. He might be it. Because looking down the list, and you know, Sean Bruce has been around for a long time, but he hasn't played in a championship, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a remarkable thing. I don't know if yeah. they. I don't think they have a championship winner outside of whining on their on their squad. No,
1: and he wasn't exactly a big minutes player. Big minutes player yeah. on on those Cats teams. Um, Look, well, you've you've got guys that know how to win, though. Mm. Um, yeah, you got Ian Clark in there. That's that's. One, well, he's one won an of NBA championship, stage. <laughs> so. Uh, you know. Led by Chase Buford, who does, he knows how to win as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... He's won a G League title, hasn't he? he has. Yeah, so, you know, they've got guys on there that are all buying in. They're fun to watch. They're playing really good basketball. Really, I think they need to lose a game before finals, mm-hmm. just, just to steady their ship a bit, I think. Um, obviously, they won't be saying that. They'd have no. to win it all out. But I think they do need to probably drop one, um, which would be... Uh, really good for them.
0: Uh, they've got an interesting run home. So they've got they've got two games in each of the last three weeks. This week they've got Adelaide and New Zealand, yep. Then they've got Illawarra and Adelaide, and then Cairns and Illawarra. Those two games against the Hawks are going to be massive. Yeah, big time.
1: They're they're going to be really good. Um, you know, if, if the Hawks can continue what they've been doing, um, I think those two will be really good games, mm. and they're probably the ones that. Are a chance for them to drop. You wouldn't think they'd lose this weekend. Um, yep. You probably wouldn't think they'd lose too many of those other games, just purely on, on the form that they've had. But um, yeah, look, uh, you, you can't you can't hand them the, the chip yet. Um, playoffs is a completely different ball game.
0: They did a great job by keeping on winning when Xavier Cooks was out, yeah. and now they've got him back, and he's basically picked up right where he left off. Yeah. Maybe maybe you'd like to clean up his turnovers yeah, a little
1: yeah. bit. Yeah, near quadruple double. <laughs> um, but look, yeah, and and that's a that's just getting his touch back, getting his feel for the game back, mm-hmm. you
0: know. Um, and the Jack Jumpers do put you under a lot of pressure.
1: They do, and they're that team that is up and about and in lanes, and mm-hmm. um, that's what they're all about, which is which is good. So look, fourteen, nine, nine, and eight. <laughs> yes. The um, eight is yeah, not great, but that'll happen. Yeah. Um, that'll clean itself up over the next few weeks mm-hmm. and, and before finals. So um, you know. I think, um, yeah, look, it was just the, the normal Dave Cooks game that we've, mm. that we've come to know, um, especially this season, and the one thing there is, is probably he'd start to put a few more points on the board, yep. but other than that, you know, he's nine rebounds, nine assists, that's, um, that's fairly standard.
0: So. Yeah, it is. Um, the other form team right now is their little brothers down the road, the Alora Hawks, and... You know, we probably expected them to do what they did against Brisbane in their first game last week, but to go to Melbourne for the second straight Saturday and to beat United to do it without Tyler Harvey—that's that's quite a statement.
1: Oh, big time! Um, you know, I think they've really started to to find their feet. Um, yeah, they've they've uh, they've found their identity. I Come think on. is is their big thing, and um, that's just purely off the back of of Cleveland and yeah. and what he's done and. They're starting to realise that, oh, that's right, defence does, <laughs> <laughs> does have to be played in this game yep, and yep. Um, it, it certainly helps you to win games. So, look, big wins without Tyler Harvey. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had the best year um, mm-hmm. by his standards. Um, but, you know, they, they've got so many weapons now and yep. I think that really does prove the importance of, of the Rappin' Rat- Maze yep. um, signing. So, he's been really good for them, I think, since... Gorge challenged him to to not stop dribbling, <laughs> give the to give the ball a headache, yeah. and uh, I think I think he was saying that um, he's only allowed two dribbles before he has mm. to pass it in practice. Yeah. So that's really seemed to to help um, yes. because the ball doesn't stick in his hands yeah. anymore. It, and they've got so many guys that need to touch the ball too. They do, yeah. they do, and that's always the issue when you when you have a star-studded team. Yeah. Um, you know, there's only one basketball out there. Mm. But look, they've started to share the ball a lot better, and and it's moving better and. Um they're attacking the ring more. It's, it's, they're not settling for so many of those jump shots. Um, no, they look good. They look really good. Um, they're getting out and running in transition, which I think is, is really helping them.
0: Uh, you, you make a great point because they they couldn't have won at all last year without Tyler Harvey because no. everything had to go through him. And he had to be the, the distributor and he had to be their mm-hmm. leading scorer. All of a sudden, um, he's almost the icing on the cake because they've got so many other guys that can do so many things. I mean, we saw Jessup have a massive game against Brisbane with 29 points and then he could almost take a back seat against Melbourne and then Radden Mays and Cleveland and Reith all, all stepped up. I mean, it, it's a great luxury to have, but it was planned ahead. I mean, they brought in Ratton Mays simply because Gorge knew that Tyler Harvey needed some more help and they brought in Cleveland to replace Justin Simon because they hoped he could do something similar defensively, mm-hmm. but he would be a greater threat offensively and the first half of the season, it wasn't working great, mm. um, and it, it looked like they were not having a lot of fun. Yeah. All of a sudden, that weight looks like it's come off their shoulders, and they're playing great as a as a result. Yeah, they are.
1: They are, and you're right. Like I think this year, they they can cover that sort of stuff really well. Oh. So you know, Tyler doesn't play, and then they get really good wins still. Um, and um, you're right, that's something that they couldn't do last year. Oh. Cleveland again now this second half of the season he's just been amazing Um, I think he's been so good for them and they certainly wouldn't be where they are now without him on that team so uh, yeah that was certainly a great find for Gorge
0: we'll talk about him a bit later when we get to our awards but has he done enough to put himself into contention for firstly the MVP award but Mm -hmm. also best defensive player and and as we've talked about he's probably our our favorite for the Galen award, too for sure um look uh, best defensive
1: absolutely, mm-hmm. I think he certainly has to be in that conversation um mVP no he doesn't score enough sure. sadly, the mVP is predominantly voted on by who scores the most mm-hmm. unfortunately, and that's not at all how it works yep. um, realistically in a in a basketball game, but that's what that award is, you mm-hmm. know um. I still think they need to change it. You've got a defensive player of the year. You should mm. have an offensive player of the year, yeah. and then an MVP. That's great, great, great point. Yeah, you know you, you need those in there because the MVP basically just becomes the the best scorer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I think defensive player of the year. I think he's certainly a uh, a very high up there candidate, and mm. uh, I'd certainly be considering him as as the best uh, defensive player in the league. Um, Galen Award, yeah, like we said, he, mm. he, does, he does all those little things that yeah. they need him to do and
0: he does them so well and he's just gotten mm. better and better at them. So. Absolutely. Um, we'll see what Damien Martin thinks about his defence too once we get to the Demo Award a little bit later. Um, Melbourne United, very rare that they lose two games in a row mm. at home. Pressure was building a little bit as they came to Perth on Monday night and they didn't have Caleb Agata for the trip either so they, they came to RSA Arena without an import. But it was a building they had won on their last four trips to. They had some confidence coming, coming out west and that was a really important win because if they lost, they would have slipped to third spot. As a result, they maintain top spot and you would think probably just about lock away a top two spot, at least a top mm-hmm. three spot as a result. Yeah. That, was a, that was a big win for them to, to get. That was huge. And,
1: you know, it's, it's one of those things that, again, they've got guys that know how to win big ballgames. Mm-hmm. Um you Know a couple of tough losses that uh you know they just ran into a, a hot team, yeah, um, back yeah. to back, so it is what it is. And then look, it's never easy winning out this way, mm. um, no matter who you are, but you know they've done it on a few occasions, now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, look, like I said, the the RAC is, is a big stage, mm. right? It's probably the biggest stage in the NBL, um, but. All those guys on, on that United roster. They love that big stage, don't well, they? Well, that's it. They've all been on that stage. Yep. They've all been on a big stage, you mm-hmm. know, building at the Olympics, Delhi, NBA, NBA finals. finals. Yeah. Um, you've got guys like Illy who are just unfazed by yeah. that. Then um, you've got Jack White. Played for Duke, yep. so he played on pretty much the yep. biggest stage in, in the NCAA.
0: Nothing's gonna phase Niles and Barlow right. at this point. Well, in, they've in been their there life. and
1: done that, yeah. you know, throughout their whole career. So they're one of those teams that is dangerous coming into this because lots of them like to play on that stage, yeah. and we kind of saw that early with Goulding hitting down or knocking down those mm. those threes um, early. It probably doesn't help if his defender runs away from oh, him. Oh god, yeah, Toddy. I don't know what he was thinking, especially after he'd already hit one. Mm-hmm. kind of got a hand and then ran away from him. So I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that he makes all those tough shots when you have got a good hand on him. Maybe mm-hmm. he was like, "All right, well, if I leave him wide open, he might miss it." <laughs> but uh, no, look, they know how to win, and it's yeah. when you when you win a couple straight, especially here, that that monkey gets off your back, yep. and, and um, you come in with some confidence.
0: Now, unfortunately, Cody, this is our second crack at recording our show this week. So I had some time to do my homework (laughs) on your record in RAC Arena, but I didn't do it. (laughs) So that's unfortunate. But as a guess, I'm going to say that you probably went 1-10 maybe between your time with the Hawks and the Kings. It's a tough place to come and play. How have Melbourne been able to win five straight in that building? Yeah, it's... It
1: is tough and yeah, thanks for reminding me of that record mate, it's uh, much appreciated. It might no, not be that bad, I'll, I'll do no, some research it, for next week. No, it would be that bad, trust me. <laughs> um, no, it, it's one of those things, not, not many teams can win here. It, it's, um, it's a big thing, crowd is, is such a big factor over here and the Red Army is an amazing sixth man mm. um, and there's nowhere else in the country like it, you know, the the kingdom is starting to get that way a bit yeah. um you know the, the sydney fans are starting to come out in force mm. and now that they've got a team that is consistent and fun to watch you know mm. the sydney side is uh, are certainly getting that way but they're still not even close to what the red sure. army are okay. and um you know the, the red army are used to winning mm. you know so any chance that they can get to be a factor they're going to do that um but You know, Melbourne's just come in and and figured out how to win here. Mm. Um, It's a a defensive slog every time you play here. You know, scoring 84, you're probably going to win nine times out of Mm. ten playing at RAC. It's not not the best shooting gym in the world. Mm. Um, It's tough to shoot here. Never has been. No, Mm. no. Um, And it it helps that the Cats have been so good on the boards in, in recent times that Playing here, you know, all those long rebounds, they just mm. usually just um, get all over them. Um,
0: Offensive rebounding under Trevor Gleason was there almost a calling card. Yeah, right? it
1: was. It really was. And they figured out how to play here and win here, mm. and that's that's what it took. Yep. So, um, yeah, look, uh, like I said, that monkey off your back. You get those first few wins here, and you, you come in with confidence. Mm. And being that big stage, they've got those big big time players. They know mm. how to how to get it done. And yeah, what's that, five straight here now for It us? is, so yeah. Including, gra- including
0: the grand final series, yeah. obviously, last year.
1: Yeah. yeah, so it's very impressive. Um, I don't know if any other team even has five wins here, let alone in a <laughs> row. <So. laughs>
0: I'd actually be surprised if any other team has won five yeah. over the past 10 years. Yeah. Um, it's a remarkable thing. And as a result, the Wildcats have lost three t- three times in a row at RSC Arena for the first ever time. Mm-hmm. Um are you concerned about them? They're a little bit lucky that the Jack Jumpers and the Phoenix lost on the weekend, so they were able to hold, hold onto that gap in fourth spot. But are you concerned about them, or are you confident when Mitch Norton comes back, he can, he can help fix a lot of their, their wrongs? He can. He can help fix a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I
1: think, um, yeah, look, lots of their woes seem to be just them being out of sync. Both mm-hmm. offensively and defensively. And Norto fixes a lot of that. Mm-hmm. He's their anchor on defense. You know, he's their leader on defense. Yeah. Um, he's their, like, Shea Illy type that yep. Melbourne have, you know, Shea had some massive plays towards the end oh, of that, yeah. that uh, Cats game. I, I, and I'd be willing to say he was the difference. He was. Him. Absolutely was. Um you know, he just turned the screws defensively mm-hmm. and, and got it done for them and that's what Norto does yep. for the Cats. Um, dives on the loose ball, he, he gets after it, he's up and in, he, he's getting those deflections and those steals and and offensively, you know, he, he runs the show. Well, um, yeah,
0: I think last time they beat Melbourne, he scored his career high, didn't 26 he? 26 points. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they were all little layups, yep. little just under the basket, he
1: yep. just knows where to be, he, he reads the game so he well. He just sat in that dunker position he and, did. and Bryce kept finding him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly and You've got to be so keyed in on Bryce and, and Vic that he can get lost. Yeah. He can get lost under there, and, and that's where he makes a living. And um, look, uh, I think once he comes back, he'll steady the ship for them and um, they'll be fine. Again, just that extra threat and that, that leadership yeah. out there is, is what they've been needing. Um, and it's, it's so evident when mm-hmm. he's not out there. Yeah. But, uh, he's a big piece for them.
0: You've talked about how big the home court advantage is, but when you've lost three in a row at home mm-hmm. and you n- know that you've only got home games to come, when does the pressure start to build where the expectations of winning at home yeah. suddenly becomes a bigger factor than the advantage you might have?
1: Yeah, look, I think the pressure is there now, mm-hmm. when you're, especially when you're here and, look, every, everyone around the league loves it when the Cats lose at home, <laughs> right? And yeah. that's, there's no secret to it, um, but that's because it's become such a fortress. Yeah. Um but the pressure'd be on. Because you know, you've lost three straight for the first time in RSC mm. and for the first time since ninety-nine I think it was. It was yeah. <laughs> yes. Um those are some pretty crazy records yeah. that have been broken on, you know, the bad end for the cats. I'm not sure if they've ever lost four in a row. No, and that that's that's something that I think would be playing on their mind, mm. but they've just got to really key in and actually show up and play you know it it seems like obviously it's tough because Norto's been out but it just seems like they've taken that foot off the accelerator because they're at home now Mm. whereas that that can't happen you know you still got to actually rock up and and play basketball Mm. and and they haven't really been doing that Um, Look, that game against Melbourne was a really good game Mm. they play most other teams in the league and they win that game it's just a, a talented Melbourne squad that Figured out how to win. It felt like um, a playoff game, didn't it? it? It really did, and it's it's that's what the playoffs is going to be is that defensive grind, yep. and that's what Melbourne and Perth have done in the past mm. is, is figured out how to just turn the screws defensively, and, and that's what the playoffs have been. So, look, I uh, I think there is pressure there. Mm. I think they certainly need to get a win this weekend. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a big round for them. Mm. Um, they are very lucky that. Tassie and South East Melbourne lost this weekend because they would be biting at their heels. And
0: And then suddenly that playoff streak starts to get talked about.
1: gets very, very nervous. So, no, I think they're okay, but um, the pressure is certainly starting to build for them, I think.
0: We won't spend much time talking about the John Brown situation because we've done it to death over the last couple of weeks, but... It's now official that he won't be coming in. There's no exemption that will be granted. And yep. to be fair, I don't think there was a strong case for an exemption. Quite simply, sometimes a clearance does take a couple of weeks and, and they just didn't get in quick enough to try to make it, make it happen. That's my thoughts on the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, look, it's a tough one. I think um, I can see both sides of it. Hmm. Um, you know, I, to be fair, I, I don't know what else you could put in as an exemption um you know, under the circumstances he's coming from a right now a war torn country that, yes. you know, the last thing they're worrying about is, mm. is basketball clearances. Yeah. So I get that their case put forward was a legitimate one. Yeah. Um the fact that he was here a week before mm. um the cutoff date, um I certainly understand that. Um, but also it's it's a tough one. You know, should they have, have done it a, a week or so earlier, mm. um, clearances take time on yeah. the best of situations, let alone coming from yeah. Russia right now. So it, it, it's a tough one. I can see both sides of it, um, but it, it seemed like the NBL cut it off really quick. It <laughs> yes. seemed like it was an immediate response oh, and <laughs> just a, an immediate reply and just no, and that was it. Mm. It was kind of move on. Um, so, yeah, look, and and that's the piece that I think the Cats probably needed um, mm. to be a legitimate contender. But, again, most of, the, most of the Cats guys have been there, done that. So once yep. playoff sits, they know how to win. So yep. it'll be interesting to see if uh, if they do get everyone fit and healthy for, for finals and um, see how they go.
0: Just one last thing on it. I mean, the, the person I feel for is Michael Frazier because yep. all of a sudden – it's gone from the club potentially looking at somebody to replace him to the club now making it very clear that they wanted to replace him and also that they're now unhappy that they couldn't replace him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're Michael Frazier, how, you, how do you put that to the back of your mind and try to come back and contribute to this team that basically didn't want you? I know that you still have to play for your contract and earn your money, but you still have emotions if you're a, if you're a human being. Yeah, you do. Um Look at, at that stage. You're
1: playing for the guys wearing the jerseys and, and the coaching staff. You know, it's that's one of those things that it's it's the admin and the um, office staff that are, that are trying to get um, yeah. trying to get new players in. But you've spent spent the whole season here now, yeah. and you'd be close with all the guys. And again, look, that's that's part of profession professional basketball mm-hmm. is, um, is is understanding that. There, especially as, a, as an import, understanding that you know you could be gone at the drop yeah. of a hat, yeah. and it is what it is. You've got to. It's tough just moving on from it, but you do. You've got to just go out and start playing again, mm. and and proving people wrong, and that's going to be the big thing is proving to everyone, including the cats, mm. that no, I should be here, and and I can contribute to this team and contribute to winning a championship. Mm. So. That would be your big um, big reason for coming out and then playing. But it would. It would play on your mind. Yeah. and um, it's, it's, he, He's just not in a great situation and, and it's yeah. got to be frustrating for him. So I do feel for him.
0: I love the CJ Bruton story. Um, he was an import in Puerto Rico. He got sacked from that team. He ends up going back to that team as coach and winning a championship. So these things can be done. Mm-hmm. Now, Cody, on the other side of things, mathematically, I think the Phoenix and the Jap- Jack Jumpers can still make the playoffs, but their cause wasn't helped. The, F- the Phoenix have shot themselves in the foot, um, losing their last couple of games against out of contention teams. They lost to the Taipans on the weekend. They lost the previous weekend to the 36ers. The Jack Jumpers, they coughed one up against the Kings, but that's obviously, they're not alone in doing that. But do you think they're done in their, in their playoff dreams?
1: Yeah, I think this weekend cooked them both. Um, look, Tassie's had an unreal year, but I think that uh, they are just that one step below the rest mm. of those teams, where they've probably overachieved. Absolutely, um, I'm sure if you ask Scott Roth, then they haven't. Like no. <laughs> you know, but that's. That makes sense. Um, But look, with that roster, they they probably have. They've probably done better than most people, including myself, thought they would.
0: And everything that they built was around having Will Magna as their force inside. I'm sure he's their highest paid player. They've basically done it without him. Yeah, they have. They have. Certainly this late season push that they've done Mm. without him. So they've figured out how to play that small ball.
1: Um, So you know, if you inject him into the team now, I don't know how well they've played.
0: Well, yeah, you're right because he hasn't had time to actually build that chemistry. No, man. And they, they
1: have to change how well, they play. They have to, exactly, they'd have to change how they play. They'd have to figure out how to get him involved again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be, that'd be tough. But look, they've, they've been unreal. They've been lots of fun to watch purely for their intensity and, and their hustle. Um, Phoenix have... Total opposite. Yeah, grossly underachieved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's no secret that once Ryan Brockoff went out, Mm. their decline started um and he's he was certainly one of their glue guys yeah. and someone that again does all those little things mm. you know he he was voted in the galen award um yep. this year so they've still got the talent to be able to do it they yeah, just it, it looks like they're all just they've all hung their heads and they're they've almost just written off the season mm. um You know, these last few games they haven't had that same bite they had at the start of the year. Defensively they've never been the greatest Mm. defensive team Mm. um in the league. But that seems to have just slipped again. Um and it's gotta be frustrating for Simon Mitchell because Mm. you know he's he's put a roster together to compete. Yeah. Um and they they showed how good they could be in the first half of the year. They did, and it's tough, especially going from his semi final last year. You know, a couple of plays from making a grand final. Yep.
0: Um, well, they dominated they that game three against they Melbourne. Did. They they, did. they had
1: they had that. Yep. So, you know, against the eventual champs, and um, yeah, they've just grossly underachieved, unfortunately. And I think they're too far back now. I, mm. I I can't see them cracking in either.
0: It is amazing that it's all coincided without Ryan Brokoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all thought he was going to come in and be this great shooter, but he's actually the guy that. Very similar to Mitch Norton for the mm. Wildcats that was the one that was providing all that energy, yeah. providing the hustle, fighting for the, the loose balls, fighting for the offensive rebounds and actually don't have anyone right now that's doing that.
1: Yeah. No, they don't. They don't. And that's what I've always loved about Ryan Brockhoff is his shot isn't falling, mm. right? And that's his mainstay. That's what, that's what's helped him make his money throughout yeah. his career. Yeah. It hasn't, hasn't been falling for him here mm. since he's, he's been in the NBL. Mm. So he's figuring out how to impact the game in other ways. Mm. And it's all those little things, those hustle things. He's getting on the boards, he's, um, he's diving on the ball, getting after it, those, those little chippy shots under the rim and, mm. and just doing all those little things. And you're right, no one else has stepped up into that role mm. and, and that's, uh, that's got to be frustrating uh, for, the, for the Phoenix.
0: I love Jason Caddy. I've known him for a long time, yeah. so, so have you. Um, it's been fun watching him this year develop into a really good leader mm. as well. But he's always been a guy that can catch fire and be a great shooter and it. He's always fun to watch when he's taking his shots. And he had a tough night last Thursday against the Hawks in Wollongong and only had two points, went one of eight. But boy, did he respond against the 36ers a couple of days later. And a little over four minutes into that game, he'd already knocked down five threes. Five. It was yeah. a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And then he, then he won the game with two late threes as well yeah. to, to finish it off. Is there a greater, greater sight in basketball than a guy that catches fire and can, can just shoot? And, put them up and feel like he's never going to miss. No, it's awesome to see. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome to see. And, uh, yeah, look, watching
1: Jace this year, I think he's really evolved into that leader. Mm. And it's, um, it's something that he probably hasn't had to do in, in the past. He's always kind of had that leader mm. out there. But especially with Sobe's going down, I think he's just evolved so much. And mm. um, it's, it's awesome to see, you know, a guy that probably – That would have or could have almost had his career cut short many years ago before it started with that car uh, crash yeah in that car crash and to see where he is now is just amazing Mm. and um you know i was was lucky enough to play with jace um throughout juniors a bit and then uh in the nbl as well um and he's just a great teammate and um seeing him start to catch fire is Mm. uh is no surprise because he is he's one of the one of the better scorers around the league and um yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's fun to watch.
0: Yeah. I look forward to watching him over these last three weeks. I hope he just keeps jacking it up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's nothing to lose on that Bullers team, so just, just go for it. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing that happened on the weekend, fascinated to get your thoughts on Kevin Begata's ejection against the Hawks on Saturday for Melbourne. His first um, unsportsmanlike foul is what we've seen called most of the season, so that was fine, but... When he went up to, to go for that block and he got out of, out of position defensively and tried to save himself coming down and got called for the unsportsmanlike for that, and it, I don't think he could have come back anyway because he hurt himself. Yeah. So probably, it probably didn't affect his game too much, and as we saw, he didn't play two, game, two days later in Perth either, so he was hurt. But do you want to see a guy get ejected for something like that?
1: No, you don't, but to the letter of the law, it's an unsportsmanlike, mm. right? And I've had unsportsmanlike fouls called on me in that same way. Well, you have, you got up that, have you got up that high? <laughs> Not as high as he did, no. <laughs> Maybe the guy I was guarding was smaller and he just got <laughs> under me a bit, bit better. So hey, I used to be able to jump, all right? Um, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because what you do is you try to save yourself in the air, mm. right? And it's, it's a fairly dangerous play and yeah. it's no one's fault. It's just it's yeah. something that happens in a basketball game. You know, his, his leg got caught on his shoulder and around his neck and then his hand reached out to try and save him and mm. again reached around his neck. Yeah. And that's, you know, excessive contact above the shoulders. And, again, letter of the law, it's an unsportsmanlike and the refs do have to call it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to see it. Mm. It shouldn't be called like that, yeah. but it's, it's been called like that in the past. So they yeah. can't just pick and choose when they want to call sure. it, unfortunately. But you're right. Something like that, like, you can see he's, he's trying to save himself. Mm. He's not trying to hurt the guy. No, no. He's trying to save himself from hurting himself and he... He still hurting hurt himself. himself anyway. So it, it's a frustrating play. It, it's one of those ones that I think the refs need to understand, especially when they go back to the monitor, yeah. um, understand that he's, he's trying to save himself. Mm. And, mm. and you know, Vickerman was, was arguing that case, yeah. which, is, which is right. It's yeah. rightfully so. And something that needs to probably be taken out, but also if, if they're going to be... Referenced by the letter of the law, then, then they've made the right call.
0: And if he doesn't get the first onslaught from like in the first place, it doesn't affect him as badly either, does it? No, so, it does. So he nah. just probably had to had to be smarter to avoid the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've seen that
1: in the in league this year a couple times with that that first one early on in the game that come
0: back to haunt you later. We've seen that, a few, yeah, quite a few times. Mitch Creek a couple of times, especially. Yep. Um, the Cairns Taipans, they're a lot of fun to watch right now. Mm-hmm. We know how frustrated Adam Ford has been throughout the season, but he looks a very content man right now because he's getting the effort from the team that he hoped for and sometimes you get that by, sometimes you can get better by a subtraction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing personal against Sergio McCall and Steve Zimmerman who aren't playing right now but the other guys have stepped up with their energy and Scotty Machado now looks like without having to share the ball carrying duties with McCall that he's getting back to some of his more usual form and then Madjuk Deng's responded to the challenge from, from his coach. He benched him a few weeks ago, but he's responding and playing with a lot more energy. Court noise, starting to find his groove a little bit. Bull Koal is just doing what he's been doing all season, and and so is Keanu Pinder. Mm-hmm. But suddenly, by not having to share their role so much, suddenly things are, are working a lot better.
1: Oh, definitely. And... Um they just seem like they're having fun playing again, yep. and and that's such a big thing in this league is enjoying playing. Mm. Um, you're right. I think with McCall out, they've all kind of just picked up the load, and um, Machado is getting back to to the Machado that we know. Will mm. um, Quall's been been really good this year. Mm. Um, you know, he should be. Certainly in contention for rookie of the year, or guaranteed it uh, if you're yeah. if you're homicide. Yeah, which I don't disagree with. At no, all. no, no, so, no, no, I don't either. Um, you know, quite noise kind of had a bit of a strange season yeah. um, injury wise. Juk Deng is playing his role again. Mm. You know, he's one of those guys that he can catch fire at any time, okay. and he's, he's one of those guys that if he does, he's he's hard to stop. Yeah, he he's sucks so long. Yeah. He's so long, and he's with his release. You can't block it. Nah. Um, and Keanu, I mean, I've sung his praises all year and he's yep. been amazing. And, yeah, you know, I even said it on Twitter this week that he has been so impressive that mm. other teams need to be throwing some money at him to try yeah. and lure him away because he has been so much fun to watch. He has been amazing for this Cairns team. Mm. And it's, it's it just shows that, you know, you, you put the right confidence into a player mm. um, and... and as a player, playing for the right coach is, you know, you can get the best out of yourself and best out of your players. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, be, be interesting to see what happens with him uh, in the off-season. I think you make
0: a great point just following up from that because I think he'll get some big offers yeah. elsewhere. But I think it would be a shame if we didn't see him stay in Cairns because he's got that relationship with Fordian mm-hmm. and this is where he started to thrive and... He's the type of guy that can light up yeah. Cairns and the, the, the Cairns community can really get behind. And Bull Kowal's the same. I'd love to see the Taipans build around those two moving forward. I know after the game 40, he joked about how he was yeah. willing to give up some of his pay to keep them. I'm yep. sure that's not going to be necessary. But yeah. if I'm the Taipans, I, I do everything I can to build around those two guys.
1: Oh, absolutely. And look, in Keanu's shoes, you'd, you'd probably want to keep playing for 40. Mm. Right? You know, he's given you the opportunity. He's, he gives you that freedom. They know each other from uh, from back in juniors here in Perth. And um, cans would be silly not to throw a a mm. decent uh, offer at him, for sure.
0: Time for our awards now for this week, Cody. Mm -hmm. Both the scoring machine and Damo have come through this week. Unfortunately for Damo, we, we mentioned last week he's in isolation. He's now tested positive with COVID, oh, it is, and it's, it's hit him pretty hard. So our wishes go out to Damo. I hope you recover and are back on your feet soon. We haven't seen him on our TV screens yet this year. No. T- this, well, since they've been back in RSC Arena, and hopefully Sean stops hogging the microphone <laughs> pretty soon. But he has come through with his votes in the Best Defensive Player Award, thanks to Everlast, because he's got nothing else to do. Exactly. <laughs> and you well and truly know what that's like. Yeah. No surprise in his votes either. So amazingly, this is the first time Matthew Delavidova's got a vote in his award this year, but he gets the one vote from Melbourne United, and then I think it's pretty obvious the next two it was just a matter of which order you go in. So yeah. he's gone. Shea with the two votes, Antonius Cleveland with the three. That means all of a sudden Cleveland has joined. Luala Chul um, on top of the leaderboard. Shea only one vote behind. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I think so.
1: Uh, it's hard to argue with those. Um, it is surprising Delhi on there for the first time. Mm. But um, it's such a high standard that you hold Delhi too. And he's also uh, got two teammates that are in the top two spots. Exactly, right. so that doesn't help him. But um, yeah, look, Shea and, and Cleveland, I think, flip of the coin. Yeah, look, I, they both
0: turned the games on
1: their head. And it's, it's not surprising that I think it'll come down to those two at the end of the
0: season. I think so too. Player of the Year Award's getting interesting as well. Sean Reddidge has come through with his votes and. One vote for Josh Adams for the Jack Jumpers for that thirty one points that he scored in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Jay and Adams, another two votes. Xavier Radden Mays with the three votes for all the reasons we talked about before. Antonius Cleveland with the four votes. And I'm really happy with these five votes. Yeah. I think Keanu Pinder deserves this sort of recognition for what he's doing. Oh absolutely. Back to back player of the
1: games yep. and
0: just being just being Keanu
1: and being that energy guy and um yeah it doesn't surprise me he's he's on top of the list this week he's uh he's been awesome
0: and that means that Bryce Cotton and Jalen adams are both on thirty one votes It's going to come down to those two they can't be split right now It's going to be fascinating the last three weeks to see who who takes this out it is and that's
1: good i love that jalen has has proven that um you know he's he's a legitimate player and uh Look, Bryce has been quiet by his standards mm. in the past few weeks.
0: Two so. weeks so in a row he hasn't got a vote, and that's unusual for the scoring machine. I know, I know. It's crazy, right?
1: Yeah, look, again, I think, clearly, they're both on 31 votes, and then third place is Mitch Creek with 21, so mm. it's going to come down to those two. Yep. Um, look, I think you'll see Bryce start to turn it up a bit once Norto comes back into the mm. lineup again, but um, yeah, it's, it's
0: going to be interesting to see how mm. that plays out. Your job, Cody, is to award the winner of the Galen Award as the best team man in the NBL for this week. Yep. Um, This could be a tricky one. We've had some tricky ones, and Antonius Cleveland has made it easier in recent weeks, and Mm. he's put together another really strong case this week for what he did, especially against Melbourne, but also in that win against Brisbane to start the weekend. So he has to be a strong contender once again. But I think his teammate Xavier Radden-May has made a really good case for how well he ran their team as well. Definitely. Shea we talked about him, and that was a hell of a performance that he delivered in Perth. Yep. Um, for a very small Tasmania team as well, without Will Magna, I think Fab Krishlovic has done an enormous job trying to fight it above his weight division as well, and he fought against some big bodies again over the weekend. And Kianu Pinda, that energy that he brings and what he's delivering now is massive. I think you've got a tough job. Man, this is this going to be the toughest week
1: by far. It's... I could definitely give it to anyone that you've listed there. Um, You know, you see the Melbourne and the Hawks game and you think, all right, I've got a fairly clear winner here Mm -hmm. in in Cleveland probably. But you're right. You know, Ratham Mays was was amazing in leading the team and he certainly stuck his hand up for that. But then you see what Shea did (laughs) (laughs) here in Perth. And, again, he turned the game on its head just purely out of effort. Yeah. Fab's been unreal this year when with Will Magne out, just mm. just bang with those big bodies, yeah. and um, he, he's probably used to it, having had to have guarded big Nate. Yes, uh, absolutely for a couple of years there at Cairns. Tough one. <laughs> Look, I think for me, I think Keanu has probably got to get it. He's just he continues to do all that stuff that, mm. that Cairns need. You know, I, I think. Cleveland, this is what we expected of him. Sure. Um, Shea, again, this is something that we've come to expect mm. from him. But Keanu just keeps getting better and better. And mm. he he's chasing the ball. He's, he's getting a block at one end, running the full length of the floor, beating mm. everyone down the court, and getting a dunk in yeah. transition. Yeah. Um it's just his energy, I think, is mm-hmm. the big thing, and and he's been a big reason why my cans have started
0: to. Play
1: some decent-looking basketball and um, they look like they're actually having fun. So I think Keanu has has got it for me this way.
0: That means that he joins Cleveland and as the multiple nominees this year. And I think if we get to the end of the season and we're choosing between those three, I think that's exactly what I had in mind when I came up with the the Gavin Award.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think uh, those are probably the the three prime candidates. The only one missing from there would probably be Rowdy, who hasn't played. Sure. So, yeah, look, I, I think... If it does come down to those three at the end of the year, then uh it's not surprising at all and it's probably uh it's probably right where we wanted it to be.
0: Now, before we get back to the NBL, Cody, let's take a little bit of a different track quickly. WNBL Grand Finals Series. We talked about last week how it was going to be pretty fascinating between the Lynx and the, and the Boomers, and Perth probably had a lot more firepower, but Melbourne had that experience edge and, yep. and home court advantage as well. Didn't count for a lot in Game 1 because All the right. Lynx were absolutely on fire and they won 98-71 to 71 on Saturday, and now they... All they need to do is win one more game, and they've got a chance on Wednesday night on their home floor to win their first championship in in 30 years. They've got a lot of firepower: Darcy Garbin, um, Jackie Young, Marina Mabry, all all firing. And then they've still got you know Sammy Wickham, who can catch fire at any point, and and Lawrence Scherf inside as well. But it's an experienced and deep Melbourne Boomers team as well. What did you make of Game One, and who takes it out from here?
1: Uh, yeah, look, it was it was awesome. I mean, Links came out ready to go. Again, I'm, I'm hoping that lots of people tuned in, even though it was at the same time as the, as yes. the Melbourne game. At but least Game 2 has got
0: some plenty air out of Perth. I know. It's Although good. it's very late if you're on the if Eastern you're on States. East
1: Coast, I know, it's tough. But uh, Game 2 of a grand final series, you mm. think people would be... I hope so. ...willing to stay up and watch. Yeah, look, the Lynx just have so much firepower. Um, and it's tough to figure out who to try and stop because, mm. again, that next person is, is stepping up and, yeah. and being massive. Um, You wouldn't expect the Boomers to go 6-for-26-for-3 again. Um, You'd you'd think they'd probably knock a few more of those downs. And, again, experience does play a massive part in in finals games. Mm -hmm. So, look, I think it's going to be an awesome game as much as I'd like the Lynx to win it'd be it'd be awesome to see them force a game
0: through sure yeah, absolutely you know what it's like to share something with your dad and to lift a championship alongside your your dad it's not quite the same with Darcy Galvin and Ryan Petrick, but they they have a, a long standing relationship they're great friends and they're both Rockingham locals and now yeah. they're they're both you know trying to win for their, their hometown team in the WNBL what would it mean for those two to do it at WNBL and if they can hold that championship up together
1: oh, that would be huge for them um, you know they've both kind of grown uh, together yeah. in, in in the basketball ranks and um, they've both uh, made it to a pretty significant spot I mm-hmm. think um, and they've both done so well um, and represented WA so well yeah. um, so I think that would be huge for them and uh you know they seem to be doing all they can to to get mm. that win, and um yeah i think it would mean a lot to them mm. and um mean a lot to them. I think it would mean a lot to to the Rockingham program, yeah, and uh it would certainly mean a lot to to uh, to basketball here in Perth
0: absolutely all right, so tune into that on Wednesday night from seven o'clock if you're in Perth or nine o'clock if you're in melbourne and and check that out at game two if required, game three will be back in Melbourne on Saturday. Now, you're back in action as well now, mm. Cody, as of this week. NBL One West season tips off on Friday night. I'll start off by putting you in the hot seat. Yeah. And we don't want to give Matt Parsons at the Perry Lakes Hawks too much of a leg up, but <laughs> will we see you out on the court on Friday night?
1: Oh, that's the that's the plan, mate. That's okay. the plan. So, uh, yeah, look, it, it's, it's always fun when that first round comes in and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that... Uh, Lots of teams are ready, ready to go, but also lots of teams, I think, are, have been hit by COVID. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's going to be a, a bit of a messy first few rounds just mm-hmm. around the league in mm-hmm. general. So, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be fun to actually be able to play against someone other than your teammates. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, now looking forward to it.
0: The NBL schedule has been kind to you, meaning that Luke Brennan will be able to be on, on the sidelines for you on Friday night for his first game. Yep. How strange is it going to be for you to not have your dad coaching?
1: Yeah, a bit odd. A bit odd. Um, but look, it's, it's one of those things. We've gone through a full pre-season now, so we're kind of in, uh, in and ready to go with, uh, with the coaching staff and, and we've put everything in place and um, we're, we're feeling pretty good. So, no, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be uh, good to hopefully see Dad sitting there and actually enjoying the game mm-hmm. rather than having to stress about it.
0: Would he have a Senators polo on or...? Given everything that's happened, would he, will he stock up on the opposition team every week and and, and support whoever you're playing against? <laughs> no, no, he won't do that. <laughs> he certainly won't do that. But uh, no, look,
1: like, like I said, I, I think I think it's good for him. You know, work has ramped up um, for him, mm-hmm. so he he's in that position where he didn't think he could put um, the right amount of time into into um, mm-hmm. into the club, um, which which is unfortunate, but. You know he he's a big reason where why we are where we are right mm. now as a club, so uh I think uh
0: I think he'll he'll finally be able to enjoy basketball again mm. let's hope so. How is your team shaping up? You've probably got a couple of pieces that might not be here quite for the start of the season, but you're pretty happy with the squad that you've got together yeah, absolutely, you know I think we've got good amount of firepower
1: and um you know hopefully we are uh, we're, we're all switched on defensively, I think we'll be. We'll be missing obviously Kyle mm-hmm. with the Cats. So, um, but other than that, we've we've got pretty much our full strength squad. So, shaping up nicely, man. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really liking what some of the young boys are doing to, mm-hmm. to stick their hand up and actually play some minutes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be really good, man.
0: Now, looking forward to it. A lot happening across the rest of the league as well. I'm I'm pretty excited to see what the Bucks do this year, and I'm especially excited to see Liam Hunt back because we thought his career was over a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty exciting. The Mandra Magic have loaded up big time. Um, Kyle Armour, Jay Bowie, Ray Turner all going down there A lot of familiar Wolves faces out at the Eastern Suns yep. under, under Ben Etridge Which will be nice to see them getting one last crack at it yep. We haven't touched on this Devondrick Walker's signing at the Rockingham yeah. Flames is massive And they've got Marty Nelson there as well You know, some stiff competition Yeah,
1: there's so much talent all around the league this year It's, um, it's unreal And you're right, Geraldton is going to be uh, They had a bit of a down year last year mm. And they're going to be back on the map big time um, with, with some of their their recent signings, so it, it's good to see Hunt come out and sign again. So yeah. that that's really good. I'm glad that that yeah that, that injury that he had wasn't a career ending one, and that mm. he's able to step back yeah. on the court. So that that's really good. Yeah, manager have loaded up with uh, with a couple of of old uh, Lakeside boys. Mm. So that that's good. And then having Ray Turner back in the league, mm. he's just yeah he's a beast. So they're going to be a tough guard again. Yeah. It, I, I, it's a massive massive season ahead and there there's going to be so many teams that could could win this thing. Uh, there's there's no clear-cut favorite I don't mm. think. It it's going to be a dogfight just to make the finals, yeah. I think. And and that's that's what you want, you know? That's that's definitely what you want. Um and hopefully with uh with the end of season, the national champs coming mm. into play, any team that wins it, I think is going to represent WA well. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it's us, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, with, with the talent, I think, um, top to bottom, we're, we're definitely one of the best leagues around the country.
0: Absolutely. And the women's competition is shaping up as well, Cody. So if you get a chance before your games at each night, you'll see some pretty exciting action. The, the Cougars have got a couple of imports. They've added Jewel Williams. They've still got Jesse Edwards. So they've loaded up big. The Perth Redbacks, especially in that backcourt, are going to be pretty exciting. The Mandra Magic have done something pretty similar to what their men have done, and they've loaded up. Same with the Flames. We'll see the Goldfields giant in the women's competition for the first time as well. And the defending champs, Willetton will be pretty tough to stop as well. So yeah. the women's side shaping up pretty exciting too.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm always down at our games early watching the girls <laughs> play. There's so much talent in, in the women's league as well that um, it's always fun to watch. And, and again, it's always good to support you, know, you <laughs> club and no matter what level. Yeah, look, uh, again, that's going to be another flip of the coin of, of who wins that because... Yeah, lots of talent and lots of teams loading up, and you know, obviously, you've still just got to go through Williton because they yeah. seem to be uh, a class above um, in recent times. All
0: right, Cody. Um Three weeks to go in the NBL season now. Business end because if you want to make playoffs, this is the time to make your move. And if you want to try to get home court advantage in the playoffs, now's the time to go on winning streaks or to keep your winning streaks going. So double header Thursday night. South East Melbourne Phoenix can't afford to lose. They probably still will struggle to make it even if, mm. even if they win. But it's a massive throwdown against Melbourne United who <laughs> they need to keep winning if they want to still finish in the top two.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So look, as much as we said... Last weekend was kind of the final straw for for the Phoenix and, and for the Jack Jumpers. With the Cats losing, that door is ajar ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. So I think both teams, if they want to win, they're gonna, or if they want to make the finals, they're gonna to have to win out from here on. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> it's not an easy road. So <laughs> look, Phoenix against Melbourne, um, I think that's that's a huge one. Um, Melbourne, with that steadying win here in Perth, mm. uh, and and the Phoenix just kind of have lost their identity a bit. Mm. I, I think Melbourne get that one done and then help solidify that top two spot.
0: Then second up on Thursday, back at RSC Arena, the Perth Wildcats need to win. Mm. We haven't touched on the New Zealand breakers, but they look like they're crying out for the end of the season. But at the same time, they can play with freedom, and, and they've played well against Perth the last two times, and they probably feel like they owe them one. So... All the pressure on the Wildcats in this one.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, New Zealand are ready to go home, Mm. which is totally fair. I get that. It's been a shocking year for them. It's got to be frustrating. But um, you're right. The past two games have been really good games against Mm. the Cats. Um, They probably had one snatched away from them, Mm -hmm. um, from Bryce, which most teams can say that's (laughs) happened too. Um, I, I think... The cats get a steadier here. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a
0: close one, but I think the cats get this one.
2: They just have to. Have to.
0: Yeah. F- Friday night, the jack jumpers need to get this one as well. They're at home to the Taipans, but mm-hmm. as we've talked about, that's going to be much easier said than done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Can's are just playing free now. Um, and I think the jack jumpers are starting to feel that little bit of pressure yeah. wanting to make that final yeah. now that they're actually in contention to do it. Sure screws start to tighten a little bit mm. and you start to get those nerves a bit more. I, I think Cairns get this one done purely with how they're playing and their form and, and the freedom they're playing
0: with. Two games on Saturday. Brisbane Bullets back at home to the Illawarra Hawks. It's always interesting. The Bullets can play with freedom. The Hawks are playing well, but they've also got the pressure knowing that they need to keep winning.
1: Yeah, they do. They do. And I think Illawarra's in, in a really good spot right now. Mm. You're right, Brizzy can play with freedom because they really don't have play for yeah. it now. Um But it, it it does seem like they're still a bit stagnant in places. So I think the Hawks get this one done, but not without some uh some big scores from some of the bullets players, I think.
0: Similar story in Adelaide on Saturday night second up as well, with the thirty sixes hosting the, the Kings.
1: Yeah, look Again, the Kings are just on, on that roll right now and they're going to be tough to stop. They're going to have a down night, one, one or two nights, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure Adelaide's hoping that they can force that, mm. but I, I, I can't see it happening, I think. I think Sydney's just got too much firepower and they're on too much of a roll, so I think they get that done fairly easily.
0: First up on Sunday is an interesting one. I find this very hard to tip, and it might mm-hmm. depend on what happens on Thursday night for both of them, but the break is playing the Phoenix, and I, I think it's in Bendigo, for memory.
1: Geez, yeah, okay. Yeah, far out.
0: This is a flip of the coin, this one. Um,
1: Look, if if Phoenix do lose to United on on Thursday, I think that um, we'll break their back and and Mm. they'll be. So then you could see one of two teams come out against the Breakers. You could see an absolutely defeated team come Mm. out and one that doesn't care anymore, or you could see a team that now has some freedom and Mm. goes out and just plays. So uh, flip the coin again, I think, um, gosh, <laughs> let's go with Phoenix. I think yeah. the Phoenix get that one. Um, it's, it's tough tough having a double when you play here in, uh, oh, it's a long trip in back, Perth yeah. and then back over east. It's, it's a long trip. So. Plus
0: a bus trip thrown in once you get back to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: the Phoenix get that one done.
0: Second up on Sunday, this will be an interesting one because as we were talking about, the typehands are playing fun basketball right now mm-hmm. and they're at home too, to Melbourne United. Yeah, it's
1: going to be a good game, I think. Um, uh, I think United get it done um, because I, I think they're they're back on track now and uh, obviously it does come down to that Thursday night game with, with mm. Phoenix again and on who comes out on top there. Yeah. But Melbourne are in that point where they need to take care of business and they need to beat teams that they should be beating and Cairns uh, is one of those teams that they should get it done against. Mm. I, I think United get that done but the Cairns are going to put up a heck
0: of a fight. It's a long way back from Hobart on Friday night to Cairns on on Sunday as well for the Taipans. Monday night, rematch from from last Sunday, which was a lot of fun. This time it's in Adelaide, the 36ers and the Bullets. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um,
1: (laughs) Again, a a flip of the coin, and it just depends on which team locks up. Mm. Um, Both teams have been fairly inconsistent, so it's a hard one to pick. Look, both both those teams playing the, the two hottest teams in the league hmm. on, on Saturday. So it's a tough one. They're probably both going to be fairly spent, yes. you'd think. Um, look, uh, I'm willing to say that's in Adelaide, right? Yep. Yeah, look, uh, I think I'm going to go with Adelaide purely for the fact that they're playing at home for hmm. those couple and they, they don't have to travel. No, you're
0: right. They don't have the trouble thrown in. They've got two home games. Two home
1: games. So I I think
0: that will be the
1: difference for them. Mm
0: -hmm. Last up, I hope we don't see any records set in this game, Mm -hmm. but I fear for it. The break is playing the Kings. Yep,
1: and a team ready
0: to get home and a team
1: just getting better and better each week. So you're right. Look, I I do think New Zealand put up a fight. You know, you've still got pride to play for Mm. and, and you don't want to go out and and get um, absolutely annihilated or or humiliated um, on on the national stage. And um, again, I think the Kings need to make sure that they come ready to play.
0: Yeah, they can't take it lightly, can they? No, they can't because New
1: Zealand is still stacked with talent. They've just not figured it out this year. So, um, look, the Kings get that one done, but I'm hoping New Zealand put up a fight. Mm. Look, it's tough for them. They've got a triple header this weekend. so. You know it's they're also going to be spent but they've also got a lot of young bodies so mm. you know you shouldn't be too bad for them but yeah kings get that one done
0: all right cody we'll come back next week and see how all of that played out i want to do something a little bit different to finish the show this week i want to get some rapid-fire answers from you about some questions oh, you can do a, a one-word answer if you like a yes or a no or if you feel like expanding go for it so let me race through these very quickly to wrap up the show is Simon Mitchell under pressure as the Phoenix coach? Yes, I think so. Do we see Dusty Hanner's play again for the 36ers? Nope, I don't reckon. Would you take Usman Jeng or Hugo Besson first in the NBA draft? Oh, see, that's a tough one. Um, see, this is, this
1: is something that always comes down to, to the fit on the team, I think. Yeah, sure. And, and I was talking about this the other night in the – I know this isn't a quick answer, sorry. No. It's not. Um, I was talking to one of the boys on the team the other night about – this and how the NBA draft, teams need to recruit what they want. I know mm. those teams that have those higher picks are usually struggling and just need yeah. as much yeah. talent as possible, but I think fit comes into play there. I think both of those guys could, could impact the roster. Um, oh, I, I think Jang will go first purely because of his height, mm. his length and his athleticism, but uh, I, I've liked Hugo Besson more mm. this season for, yeah, for the sure. breakers.
0: Do we ever see John Brown play in the NBL? Oh... Look, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he signed on for next year, but mm-hmm.
1: it's, that's really going to depend on, on where Rush is at because mm-hmm. and, and, there's some big money over there. Yeah. So uh, I hope so because it would be fun to see him. Do we see Michael Frazier
0: back in a Wildcats uniform?
1: Yeah, I think so. Do we see Keanu Pinder re-sign at the Cairns Taipans? Or not without some tempting to go elsewhere, but I think he does re-sign with Cairns. Is this the last we'll see of Nate Jawai? Oh, it's a, it's a tough one. Look, I, I hope not, but his, his minutes have been getting less and less each mm. year and um, look, I, I hope he can stay on as a coach for that mm. squad um, because his wealth of knowledge is unreal and
0: just his presence yeah. in general um, mm. has been
1: huge for Cairns.
0: That's a great call and I think he'll still want to live in Cairns, yeah. so that could, could happen. Same question for Dave Barlow. Yeah, look, he's had a bit of an interesting
1: couple of years now. I, I do think that he's probably on his way out. But again, someone who, where he's been in his career, could very easily slot into an assistant role and, mm. and make an impact there. So I think he's probably done. Mm. Um, but, you know, I've said that with a couple of players in the past few years and they've signed on and on <laughs> yep. and on and on. So uh, you never know, but I, I think he probably is.
0: Same thing for
1: Jesse Wagstaff. Yeah, look, I think Jesse rides off into the sunset after this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he started the season, I think, what was it, first game he played his most minutes in his career. And, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, I think Scott Morrison realised that uh, he's, a, he's an older head. Mm. But um, I, I think it'd be awesome for Jess to go out with the championship. Mm. Um, I think they're going to have to fight like hell to get that. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I think he probably does hang him up after this year.
0: Same for AJ Ogilvy.
1: Yeah, look, he just hasn't played, and mm. he just the the way they play this year, I think, um, you know, he just he hasn't had that opportunity. Uh, again, a great leader mm. for that team. Mm. Um, I th- that's a tough one. I'm not. I'm not a hope mm. sure. I, I I can't see him going and playing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. He's made Wollongong his home now. Yep. So look, I think if it came down to a bit like Timmy Conrad, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it came down to. Um, you know, retiring or or looking elsewhere, he'd mm. probably hang him up.
0: Well, that gets my next one. Yes, I know for Tim Conrad.
1: Yeah, that's that's he's had an impact this year. Absolutely. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if Gorge wanted to sign him on again for just another year. See how he goes. The last one on that on that theme, Brad Newley. Newles, yeah. Look, I think he's probably ending his career. Mm. Um, he's he's coming to the end of it. That's a lot of really big names that, uh, <laughs> that could hang him up at the end yeah. of the year. So. It'd be a heck of a retirement class if mm. we all did hang him up. One of the most probably storied and, and yeah, geez, that's that's crazy. There's a lot of big names on oh, that, that uh, uh, absolutely could be finishing this year. So um, again, he he hasn't had too many opportunities this year, and mm. his play is just especially with guys like that where they rely on you know their speed, their quickness, yeah. and all that. It's got to be tough. So
0: also um, living away from his family.
1: So, look, I think he does. I think he goes home and and spends more time with his family.
0: A couple of quick ones. Jalen Adams or Bryce Cotton for MVP?
1: I reckon Jalen.
0: Shay Ily or Antonius Cleveland or Keanu Pinder for the Galen Award? You can change your mind in three weeks' time. Yeah, I was going to say. Keanu. Who's doing a better job on the microphone from our Hoop7 family? Damien Martin, Sean Reddyjaw, Alex Loudon. Oh, well, lousy has been the most consistent <laughs> right now. No, that's a tough one, man. Sean's always
1: so good to hear from here. Hmm. Uh, it was good to see him in the crowd a couple of times hmm. at the game the other night. So, uh, look, uh they've all done really well. I think Damo was on the mic for that first game in, back in Perth. Actually, I think he was, yeah. 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 He's just a wealth of knowledge. Hmm. And the... Loves being in the spotlight, so he does. Uh, look. They're all they all give uh, give something different, and I think they've all been really good. I honestly, I couldn't, and that's not me sitting on the fence. I honestly mm. could not pick one, but they
0: uh, they've all been really good. The last one, if Jesse does end up retiring, the Wildcats will finally not have Jesse. They won't have Sean Reddy. They won't have Matty Knight. They won't have anyone filling that power forward spot that you could fill. <laughs> Is there any chance you might fill it next year?
1: Oh, that'd be that'd be the dream, mate. That'd be <laughs> awesome. But uh, look, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Yeah, look, I think uh, I think as soon as as soon as Jess hangs them up, I think the cats need to quickly retire three numbers. Um, you could do it at once, could not you? Yeah, I think you could, and I think that would only be right, really, mm. um, with, with what they've done um, for that club uh, and for the league in general, um, just setting a standard. Um, mm. So, look, uh, who knows what Jess is thinking? Um, you know, each year you think he's he's ready to hang him up, and then he comes out and just keeps being Jesse yep. and yep. keeps keeps plodding along and um, being a difference maker. So yeah, look, obviously it'd be awesome to put to put on the Cats uniform, but. Uh, I'm not holding my breath.
0: No, but also don't give up on the dream, no, Cody. No, um, not. That's been a big show. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we will catch up with Adam Gibson, we'll catch up with Sean Redditch, we'll catch up with Damian Martin, but just so much to talk about right now, Cody, as everyone would have noticed on this week's show. I hope you all, all enjoyed tuning in. I will sign off and leave you with Cody Ellis with what he's most looking forward to this weekend.
1: Oh, NBA 1 starting, <laughs> just to be selfish. <laughs> no, nah, it's going to be good, man. Um, good round of basketball all around, so uh, hope everyone enjoys.